1: Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling all the rides with our friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me in the studio is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? I am
2: pretty good, i got to say. I'm a, I feel a little bit worn out, tired. Five big days of the road nationals, but it's- I am nowhere near as tired as the athletes, I think, <laughs> that, that
1: gave it their all. It was... Whoa. What a, it was a sensational five days. Do you know, during the broadcast, it was said, uh, probably the best national we ever had, at least the best nationals we ever had on TV, or we can remember. Uh, we'll talk about all this, but mm. uh, men, women on Sunday, incredible races. It was, incredible races. Yeah, they were. They were both. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, I'm speechless, actually. I know, it's like- <laughs> I'm a bit speechless because you sort of say, oh, where do I start? You know, well, I talk about the women's first with Sarah Roy. You know, I think that's what like we're going to do. Break.
1: Yeah, let's do about it. Let's talk about the women first because that that race set the day. It set, it set the day off for a great day of racing. Mm. Uh, what Sarah Roy did: fifty-three kilometers to go, jumping off and then going whoa. And I think Bridie said this in the commentary saying you could think it's a five k. To go but no it's 53 case to go yes uh, yeah. and so t- talk to us about how was it for you on Mount Mon- Mon- bonignon because you saw her yes going up and up and up and up again on her own and holding that pack yes so and
2: just to sort of let everyone know so i was literally stationed on the mountain, on the, the mountain, on the coal, <laughs> on the coal, On Mont Ventoux. It's an extinct volcano, by the way. That's actually true. It's an extinct okay. volcano. But, so we can call it a mountain, I think. Um, but I was stationed up there. So I didn't actually have, to, I, I didn't get to see a lot of the vision of the race. I saw them come past. There were a couple of um, cycling clubs that had little marquees and they had TV mm-hmm. set up. So I'd go and look. But at that point when Roy attacked the brake up the climb was literally right where I was standing, sort of 100 metres before, so I got to see that first up. Look, the one thing I will say is when that break got established, I went, well, if there is anyone in that break you would be worried about, it's Sarah Roy. Normally, Peter Mullins and Matilda Reynolds, likewise, but they both crashed in the Criterion, which is really, I feel really sorry for them because Peter Mullins has been in great form, absolutely, and I think she was pumped she's won on this course before she's won national titles in cyclocross mountain bike and and the road mm-hmm. title and i think she was potentially up for it but she couldn't get out of the seat but matilda reynolds gave it a good crack though she did but she she had a pretty nasty injury as well she'd she'd actually sort of she'd done something to her shoulder like really shifted the bone and she was in a bit of bother when she pulled out i think so i hope i haven't heard much since i hope she's okay mm-hmm. but that just knowing that fact and then the break and then the gap went out. I went, this is dangerous because Sarah Roy, yes, she's not a climber and she's more a sprinter, but she's a classics rider. We saw her fourth and fifth in Wevelgem and Flanders respectively. Yeah, you know, she's a world-class athlete now. She's coming to her own and she was the perfect rider in the break for bike exchange. Mm-hmm. The perfect rider potentially was Lucy Kennedy, but no one was going to let Lucy Kennedy jump up the road. You know, Sarah Gigante was yep. going to mark Lucy as much as Lucy was marking her. And and likewise probably Grace Brown. Um and she she was exceptional as well as the yeah. we know, she got the
1: silver, but yeah. Absolutely. Let's listen to uh, Sarah Roy, our new national champion for the year 2021.
3: Um, I think I just took advantage of the the break that I was in. Um, I had a look around. There's some good, strong riders there, a lot of sprinters. Um, I think uh, a few of them were struggling a little bit with previous injuries from their crashes in the Criterium a few days ago. So um, I didn't feel confident they'd be able to get around the course uh, together. I felt really strong in the climb today, surprisingly. Um, I haven't really trained for anything like this. So, um, yeah really happy to just feel like I had some good legs out there and um and I said I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give it a go and just just um yeah be brave actually Durbo Luke Durbridge's quote of the last couple of weeks has been be brave and he said that to me the other day and I thought I'm just gonna give it a crack and yeah, when I <clears throat> heard that uh, there was a break coming across or a, a group of chasers coming across with about one and a half minutes on us or behind us, I, I thought I'm just going to push this out as far as I can and I went for it and whoever could come came and then that was good and, um, and then I just went again after, on the, I don't know, when was it, about four laps to go or something, so yeah, um, yeah, really happy.
1: So there was, uh, Sarah, you can, you, can, you can hear the smile you can hear that she's always uh, she's She's a trooper yeah exactly she's a real trooper Um, and she finished so close on that championship so many times yes that it's it's well deserved just even just not for the race on Sunday but for all the work she's done in the years before helping Spratty helping other people on the team
2: yeah and just if I can just sort of go into a little bit more detail about Sarah and look I don't know her super well but I know her well enough to, to you know not have a coffee with her or whatever but I'd spent three days with her once on a um on a charity ride and and w- there was an evening where we had to they got myself, Robbie and Sarah on stage and we sort of talked a bit about our careers and you know, Robbie and I I think well, certainly I did I bored them maybe with old war stories, you know, Robbie's got twenty four grand tour yeah. stage wins to, <laughs> that they're all enthralled with but but Sarah told us her story about how she got into cycling because she's a latecomer and she's not, mm-hmm. you know, she's. What am I forgetting? How old she's? She's over thirty. I'm pretty sure of that.
1: We don't say the age. No, if she's over <laughs> thirty. That's fine. Well, I think so. <laughs> so. I think so. Dig, dig yourself a big hole yeah. in there. <laughs> Sarah. If you're listening,
2: I'm sorry. No, but she told us how she got into cycling and. To cut the story sort of short, to shrink it down a bit, she's 35 in February, but that's okay. (laughs) No, there you go. Great. Okay, I thought she was 30. (laughs) She she gets on a plane. She's going to Holland to race, and she gets billeted out with this guy in his 70s, and she's going to live in his loft. And she's thinking to herself, "Oh my God, what am I doing? I'm crazy." Am I, am I, and I'm you know and, am I going to be like held up in this guy's loft? you know he's going to um, um, abduct me and, and, and she was telling the story and we're all laughing. but she was talking about how tough it was. And for someone you know not not 18 with sort of the national team support, she went there off her own back first. See,
1: she's done the hard yards as someone who came to cycling sort of fairly late and, and I would say even even this year through COVID, she took a different path than any other cyclist. Yes. She she just decided to do it differently yes. and cover differently that
2: year of COVID. Well, she came home, didn't she? Yeah. She, she spent a big chunk of time at home, as did Grace Brown, actually. It was interesting. It paid off for both of them Absolutely. because they went yeah. back and, mm-hmm. in a way, they, they flew the flag, didn't they, for the team? and remember Spready and Van Vluten crashed at a crucial point in the yeah. season. so. No, I'm super happy for Sarah. Look, and it's not sort of putting her above anyone else. Whenever we say someone wins, we go, oh, they're awesome. All the women are awesome, I think. There's yeah. so, so, so many great characters. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm super happy for her.
1: Absolutely. Let's uh, also listen to Grace Brown. Because Grace Brown was... She finished second Mm. uh, and is so well-deserved as well because the way she did it was fantastic. Let's listen to Grace Brown.
4: Obviously, the team was in a really good position with Sarah up the road. Um, There was a little bit of confusion when we weren't quite sure whether she was off the front or off the back of the break. But um, once we got confirmation that she was off the front, um, yeah, we just sat in and followed the climbers' attacks each lap. Um, And then, yeah... Coming into the final lap, I knew that Sarah was pretty secure in her win, Um, so I thought that I'd have a bit of a dig and see if I could um, get a spot on the podium, which uh, came off well, thankfully. Yeah, it's always awesome to be up on the podium with your teammate, and... uh I've come third here twice so it's nice to increase that to a silver medal Um, and hopefully one year I can actually be on the top step but I'm pretty stoked for my teammate to have won this today. It's um, a a huge result for her and um, yeah, massive progress since her injury and surgery so yeah, I'm thrilled for Sarah.
1: You can feel the unity in that team. We said it many, many times for the boys, for the girls and so on but uh, there's a real spirit in that team, the bike exchange team.
2: Yeah, so I think I think almost more
1: so in the women's side. The the guys' side, no you could, doubt. You could imagine how high Spratty has jumped off a sofa oh, watching this. Did you see her post? The yeah. With, yeah the with the
2: massive bottle. And
1: bre- breakfast.
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. But that sums it up, doesn't it? Spratty has sat up late at night, which you probably would anyway. But, yeah, I love it. She's, you know, Spratty, she's got a heart of gold, I think. And, and she really is, you know, she's going to be their captain this year. Yeah on the road and but Grace Brown
1: Grace Brown uh, uh, honestly that ride was uh, was also spectacular and then one two on the podium
2: yeah it's super
1: super and already you can see Grace and
2: Sarah they're already a step ahead and they're not like a step ahead from where they were this time last year and they're not even at 100%. No, and and it's not because
1: anyone is missing or or Cape Sprat is missing this year. But But other than that... Other than that, the the field and mm -hmm. the conditions were different. They were more classic-like. The weather, as you know... It was (laughs) sleeting. It was (laughs) sleeting on the top of the mountain.
2: (laughs) I'm I'm actually putting a um, complaint to head office in Sydney, SBS, saying, listen... I want, I want, like, <laughs> what, what sort of, what do you call it when you get, like, um, danger money or yeah, exactly. something like yeah. that? Just <laughs> tell me, tell me later, because, you know, I, I think I spent 24 laps on the mountain.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, saw so you, you were just, just um, yeah, going around. It was uh, quite flavor. interesting. Uh, of course, uh, to complete uh, the, the podium, we also have a, a world a world tour rider. So it's a complete world tour rider podium, which is the fact that some riders were not here. The world tour riders were still dominating that field.
2: Yes, uh, yeah, so loretta Hansen in third for for yeah, Trek. Yeah, said her name, sorry. Yeah. Um no, she was and that's her first time on the podium and I had a quick chat to her in the green room sort of immediately after the stage
1: as she came off. So people the green room is a tent. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's a green room. It's a green. room. Yeah, a, okay. a, no, you make it sound make big. Sure. But yeah, it is big. Yeah, there was a coffee machine off yeah. to the left. Um she was pumped she was so happy with her third and look, she was in that break, as we know, and yep. when Sarah attacked her, and by the way, the ride by Loretta, she's a sprinter, right? shes I'd say she's more of a sprinter than than Sarah, probably. Sarah attacked her. When they came past me, Sarah had 40 metres on her at the top of the climb, effectively. Mm-hmm. The next lap around, Sarah had 140 metres on her, so in... Thirteen kilometres. It was this massive drag race. So Loretta Absolutely. had chased her desperately. She boxed and fought. So her ride was equally as good, you know. And she had she she had Chloe Hosking, but Chloe really couldn't do a lot. She had to just sit and wait as a you know real pure sprinter. Mm-hmm. So Loretta was really on her own.
1: Um, so I thought she was exceptional. And of course Sarah Gigante as well. Uh, okay, she didn't finish where we thought she could be. What happened to her? She had, she still had a, a good a, a good week. You know, she she goes away with a one jersey in a time trial. She defended that jersey. Uh, she's also shown. You know, I thought what was quite interesting is that all the riders were riding against her. Yeah. And for someone that young. Being, you know, so it was always going to be hard for her to get away at any time because she pretty much had the whole field against her. Yes. That's already a significant step Yes, for for a
2: rider. Yeah, totally. She was, yeah, look, in some ways I feel sorry for her. And in some ways I wanted her to win Mm because I'm so excited. I think we're all excited by the prospects of what she can do. But in hindsight now, you know, 24 hours later, I think she'll learn a lot from that. Absolutely. And, yeah. Well, she obviously will. And I think she'll grow more from that. And I think it's actually going to be good for her. And yeah. she probably won't like to hear that right now if, <laughs> if she's listening. But I'm... And if, if you are listening, Sarah... I, I know Sarah, she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you are, Sarah, you will rise above this. And she's... Look, I won't go into detail, but she came to us, more so to Pat Shaw, actually. I'll give yeah. him some credit for this. She came and chatted with him Saturday Saturday afternoon about her race on Sunday yeah. um, and just the little snippet I got from Sarah there she's a star she's yeah. a star and she's you know she's she's going to do some great things in absolutely. this sport and uh, yeah it, look it was just as you said she goes away with the TT and um, she's got
1: a big future absolutely let's listen to a Gigante yeah
5: it was certainly a bit of a challenging day out there um, yeah I was thinking more about the elite race than the under 23 race but it's cool to still have come away with a bronze medal, and it was really cool to see how happy Emily Watts was after the finish. That was really nice. And yeah, um, back exchange had a great race with uh, Sarah Roy and Grace Brown going 1-2. Yeah, so the early break got away, and I, I felt kind of comfortable with it, but then the gap kind of blew out, and ARA, um, yeah, was kind of struggling to bring it back, so I tried to try my best on the climb, but yeah i mean it just kind of got out of control and yeah (laughs) i was hoping to bridge across maybe get away solo but then i couldn't get away so it kind of happened like last year missed the eb and then couldn't get away
1: that was a So overall a great a great great race for the woman yeah Uh, a great spectacle a great spectacle Uh, how was the crowd how was the crowd uh, was great yeah we look we weren't so it's almost you think it was hardcore Hardcore people came out and yes, still, it was really it was interesting. You know what was? It, it, it Sunday's always the biggest day, and yeah.
2: we you know we tagline at the Super Sunday live coverage of both races, both on the same day, all that sort of stuff, and the crowds are the biggest. The under nineteen men's and women's yeah. on the Saturday, great crowd. Okay, we we stood there on the finish line, Pat Shaw and I, and went wow. And every look, I've done that every year for ten years, and you so you get this view when you stand up on the stage. Mm and you always get a bit and you can say some you know some years we've gone oh it's a little bit down the under 19s was probably the biggest crowd we've seen yeah okay i'd say so that we sort of went wow sunday's going to be big and i got on the mountain thinking wow there's not going to be the atmosphere and as you know when you're doing those crosses the, the crowd makes part of the cross. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You
1: know, it makes it even better. I once ate a sausage out of a barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> that sausage is legendary. Well, they weren't there this year. That was the only thing missing, the food vans. But the crowd came up. They came up in the end. It was really good. It was
2: enough, you know. It wasn't huge and it wasn't too much for sort of COVID protocol. Yeah. And it was ticketed, but there were enough there. And it, yeah, it was, um, no, it really was a fantastic national champs. And absolutely. I don't want to harp on it, but can I just quickly reel off the names of the women. Yep. Sarah Roy, Grace Brown, Loretta Hanson. We've said them. Emma Pate in fourth. Watch that name. Emily Watts, first under 23. Yep. Actually,
1: let's listen to Emily Watts.
4: Oh, I feel pretty stoked. I think I've never felt like this before. And as I crossed that line, I didn't even know I had under 23s. So when they did tell me that I did, it was pretty crazy. I knew I had a shot. I didn't think I had as good a shot as as winning, but I knew that Sarah and Neve would would have a fighting chance to win,
1: yeah. Try to interrupt, but that was Emily Watts. Yeah. and ecstatic, ecstatic. Yeah, e- ecstatic. yeah. <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Neve Bradbury,
2: Sarah, of course, Gigante, Elizabeth Stannard, Rach Naylor. Yeah, you know, former silver medalist in the worlds, Ruby Roseman Gannon, Nicole Frame, Jamie Gunning, Justine Barrow, medalist here before, and the list goes on. That's the talent pool. Yeah, and that's just a snippet. That Do is know, a snippet.
1: We said it before here on this podcast, but the quality and the depth of the pool we've got here in Australia about women cycling mm. is. Almost like no other in the world. There's other countries like Netherlands, maybe, yeah, maybe Netherlands and Belgium, yeah, but like we up there. No, absolutely this is, up there.
2: Yeah, and look, it's not. Um, I hope, I hope myself, and I hope you don't either. We don't sound patronising, or and and. Do or, or, well, you do a bit? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I've been in the sport forty years now. That's showing my age, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of our women cyclists, and the, and I think our sport is finally doing something good look women's cyclists let's just say it what it is many years ago they were not respected in our sport Mm -hmm. and as a rider in that era you've sort of got tunnel vision on and you're not you're just focusing on yourself and it wasn't until i retired you go wow they've had a rough deal you know, they deserve more. And mm-hmm. I used to train with a lot of the pro women here. We used to train together. They put in just as much effort. So it's so good to see this talent Absolutely. pool
1: coming out. And the young girls, they got something to look up to. Absolutely. And then it was good to see Jerry Ryan as well in the car yes. following uh, the, the win of Sarah. And then they, he had a pretty good weekend. I saw I saw Jerry <laughs>
2: directly after it. And uh, we, he was, you know, he's grinning ear to ear with this after the women's race. And I said, seriously, mate what happens every time you turn up they win (laughs) and it's sort of true if you've known the story of jerry ryan in cycling and it's just not turning up at nationals he turns up to the tour de france and (laughs) it's either the bus under the gantry so then he said as he said gave us more publicity than any other side (laughs) that day and then they win yeah the next day or two days later they win it's you know i don't know he he has something um, absolutely he
1: has a lot of passion we know that much and then let's talk about the men, mm. uh, because there's there's two angles of where we can actually start uh, talking about the men's race. First of all, is Lucas Plap, yeah, uh, and but, and the other angle is also bike exchange. So let's talk about Lucas Plap first, uh, because people are not. Hundred percent in uh, in the the scene of Australian cycling may not have known of Lucas Plap before the last couple of uh, month, I would say. Yeah, uh, he's done incredibly well at the Festival of Cycling in uh, Adelaide, so the other name for the Tour de under Yeah, but he didn't disappoint here.
2: He gave it a big shake, didn't he? He gave it a big shake, and yes, he look to to sort of give you the, the really short background of Luke Plap. He is at the moment, considered number five in the team pursuit for the Olympics. Okay, So he's that fifth guy that's pushing the other four and, you know, he can be in there, but he's that fifth guy. That's my understanding. They've got a problem on their hands, haven't they? The selectors. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> problem. It's a good problem. And I did, I did speak with Tim Decker actually after the individual time trial. I said, oh, well, nice problem to have, isn't it? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Now, it's such a specific event, but he has obviously stepped up Massively in the last six months, and then that work that he's done and the maturity in his body that has come out, as you said, over in Adelaide he won a stage. He was he's been the only guy to jump across to Richie on Belunga. Yeah. I thought about it actually after the race. He actually jumped across to Richie on Belunga. He didn't win the stage. He effectively handed it to Richie. Yeah, Richie said that himself. He said he probably but couldn't. What it's an incredible picture? Well,
1: yeah, where he's like opening his arms to Richie, yeah. saying, "Your home mate." Yeah, <laughs>
2: it's and then he. He absolutely solidified that form and proved it with the individual time trial win by winning over a minute to Durbo. And Durbo has been in, I think, some of the best form we've seen him in in January of any year of his career. So he's the real deal. And then he did that display on Sunday. When he jumped, I thought, too early. Too early. It's no matter how good you're going, and I thought if you do win this,
1: this is so was monumental. that you think a bit of a uh, immaturity, or did did you yes. know that maybe better show off now because he's not going <laughs> to be able to fight towards the end or not? I think,
2: I think, and I say it with the utmost respect to the young guy, just a little bit of you know, um, um, I- immaturity. Immaturity. Well. Um, uh, what's the word? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I can't think of it. But he, he's obviously just, you know, got excited. Blood rush. He's just had a little blood rush and gone, I'm feeling great. I'm going to attack. And, jeez, everyone has done it. Every, every, The best riders in the world have done yeah, that. Yeah. So it's not it's not anything new. Um, but, you he, he was so close. And I, I called it when he came through, I think, two to go, and he'd increased his gap. Or it might have been three to go. He came through and he'd gone from a minute and a half lap before to two minutes by the time he got to me. Yeah. And I went, they won't catch him. Yeah, I thought all he's got to do is put in one more good lap to the top of the mountain,
1: and, and then, then he's
2: only got two to go.
1: Yeah,
2: you know he'll get the second, the penultimate, and then in the head psychologically you can do it. And then he he just it wasn't a complete capitulation though, was it? They caught him and he sat there, and then they finally decided to switch, and he worked for Cal O'Brien. Yeah, but that race had, Uh that race was incredible. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it's blown me away. But it's uh, still
1: blown me away now. Let's just fa- uh, phase this up. How did Cameron Mayer win this one? Oh, he know. doesn't even know himself. Let's have a listen to Cameron Meyer.
0: That far to go? Yeah, I drew every bit of 13 years of experience to pull that off. And every lap I thought I was in trouble, like this isn't going to happen. Somehow the best teammate you can have, Luke Durbridge, and um, he's the best you can have. And he popped up there at the, right at the end, saved me. Um brought me to the line and then I just pulled on the experience that I had in the finish there and I I think that's what won it for me. I've I've done that sprint a fair few times, lost it um, and... Uh, I just got the timing right and somehow pulled off a miracle today. When you've had a hard race like that, uh, you don't have much left. You've, you've literally probably got 50 to 100 metres left in the legs uh, before they start cramping. You can see everyone sitting down just hoping the line would come. And I knew I, uh, young Kel went, Nick White went, and that's who I had to get to go first, run at them, try and get to the line the last, last second and uh, yeah, win by just the, the smallest of margins. So I timed it right.
1: So that was Cameron Mayer. Like, up until the last 100 meters, he didn't know he could it's win incredible. it. Incredible. Like it, We know that it's hard to find another word that incredible for that win. Can, can I just, just, let's just put this in context.
2: The best race I saw ever, track, road, anything in my lifetime, Tour de France, Anything? Be careful what you're saying. Yeah, that was the <laughs> 1989 Finnish time trial where Greg Lamont beat no. Mate, you, you you led me into it. You are you are crazy. You are the mayor of Crazy Town. Um, <laughs> no, no, it was this? So just bear with me. It was Danny Clark winning the Austral Wheel race back in the 90s, and I happened to be I was a teenager and I was watching it in the middle, and it was you know a come from behind handicap event, two thousand meters. A lap to go, he wasn't going to win. No, no way, anyone. It was phenomenal. Fast forward to twenty twelve World Track Champs, Cam Meyer won the points race. And I was sitting with Tomo that night, we were hosting. And he wasn't winning it. With three laps to go, he wasn't winning it. Mm-hmm. The only way he was going to win was take a lap. And all the guys that were ahead of him were absolutely watching him and marking him. And somehow Cam took a lap with two laps to go. The board reshuffled on the final lap, which gave Cam the lap up. And he was the winner. Okay. And it was and I said to Tomo that night, I said, that just surpasses that ride of Danny Clark that I saw. That is the greatest performance I've seen, bar none. This one on Sunday, it just happens to be Cam Meyer yeah. again. So for me, and it's funny because I won't I don't know if I can say yet that Cam Meyer will be one of our greatest. You know, when you talk about Phil Anderson, um Simon Gerrans, of course, Cadell. Yeah. Um, Richie. Richie, there's these you know these riders um, that we've had, um, and Spratty, really yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. is up there in that in that sphere, you know, with her results. Um, but Cam sits somewhere. He sits. He absolutely sits somewhere with his track and road performances. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, he's he's phenomenal. And the Durbo effect,
1: yeah. because Luke Durbridge is. Uh, I don't know how you could say it, but he's probably domestic extraordinaire on this on this particular uh, time. What that's, it did for him was incredible. Come on, you've met Derby. Yeah, but he's, that, he's a legend. Let's take his performance
2: out for a second. He's probably one of the nicest blokes you can yeah. meet. I think he's so giving with his time to us, and and you know at times writers just don't want to. You know they're tired, they're whatever, and you get it. He's such a he's so so grounded. Um, I guess I'll, we credit his parents to that, <laughs> but he is—he's such a, a likable guy, and then you, and then he backs it up on the bike. And it takes that character to be such a team player. You have to be a good person off the bike. If you're a dirtbag, yeah. if you're a bit of a you know self-centered person off the bike or off off the sporting field, sometimes that won't it won't translate on the field that you will be a team player. It'll translate on the field that you are there for yourself. Yeah. So he just. He just sort of shows the person he is off the bike when he displays himself on the bike, yeah, and absolutely. that was
1: phenomenal. Yeah. Um, a- anything else to uh, to remember for that, from from that main oh, race? They're all good. Look, it's it's so hard to pick anything out. So I'm gonna have to ask you. I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question about mm. this. Would the presence of Richie Port have changed anything? What could have happened if Richie was? I know we if, if yes. we can do whatever we I want. I don't but, uh, think this year. Yeah, Only because, and it's all
2: hindsight stuff, but Richie, he'd probably say himself, his form's nowhere near national championship form. So I think he'd put his hand up. And Look, you could see it down under. Yes, he won Wollonga, but he's winning Mm Wollonga because he's a class act. But he lost a lot of time on a couple of the stages and he's taking his early season pretty cruisy. Richie at his best, or, you know, Richie, Richie in... a a world tour tour down under form. Yeah. Yes, he may change the outcome. But the National Champs is a different bike race. It's a totally different bike race. It's not, you know, you don't have, you have world tour riders, but you don't Richie doesn't have five or six Australian teammates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And remember, it's only Australians who can race. It used to be an open race where internationals could race, but obviously they don't get the medals. So I don't think it would have changed much this year. I think... I, I think it's the COVID effect too. <laughs> you know, look at the year we had last year. We're all saying it's one of the best racing seasons we've witnessed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a bit of the spillover. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's, I that, think, I think that, riders are racing, like, don't fret the small stuff. Yeah. Don't be negative, be positive. You know, we're we're
1: in a really good position in Australia with COVID.
2: I sort of think there
1: is a little bit but of it's that. It's either a spillover or a good omen for, yeah. the, for the season yeah. to come. Let's look ahead. Oh, <laughs> it's crazy. Um, any other uh, things from the from the carnival? A couple was, of quick mentions, and I'm going to miss some.
2: But Nettie Edmondson winning the crit, I just thought so fantastic actually, for yeah, her.
1: They're fantastic. Could this
2: be the last? She hinted the at that last song. She for hinted her at on the that. Road? I think if she, yeah, I think if she goes to the Olympics, and I mean, she will go if as long as they happen. I think it could be the last season for her. She's been a, at least on the road. Yeah. No,
1: no, on the track. No, no, track. She'll be going to the Olympics for the Uh, track. Okay, that's what I mean. But she would then concentrate on the track. There would be the last season on the road. No,
2: I'm thinking. No? Oh, I'm not sure if I'm reading between lines here that she's talking about retirement. I don't know. Okay. Okay. I, don't, I, actually, I, would, I hope I'm not jumping the gun there.
1: I, I was maybe it's a matter of uh, of how we perceive the thing, but I thought, I thought she would retire from any road commitment and then concentrate on oh, a road I don't track. Know. Uh, yeah, I well, maybe, maybe. Uh, again, English is English is not my first language. So, no, no. And no, Australian no. Maybe is not even I'm reading it completely <laughs> wrong. She did
2: say road. She specified. Yeah. But either way, either she's way, a too. champion, and it was really nice to see her win. And what the family as well, because brother. Is yeah, the yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, of course, we mentioned Plappy. Thomas Benton won the under twenty-threes. I thought that was a super ride. Break all day. He was not there for the inform make squad to win it. He was there to play the domestique role. He he only just made that squad for the for the season in terms of a got a contract, I believe. And he's national under twenty three champion. Yeah, that's good. I love yeah. I love the underdog stories. <laughs> yeah. And I just ah, oh, that was that was a really awesome ride and and the team were absolutely pumped for him. You yep. know, he's the guy that Carries the water bottles. That's the impression I get. And they were all so happy yeah. for him to win. So that, that was a really lovely story. Um, look, the Paras were fantastic. And I chatted to a few of them. So good to have them now yeah. that coincide Absolutely. on the same dates, courses and everything they troopers, true because they're going to w- they're going to win a bag of medals at the yeah, Olympics because yeah. this they're is the great. thing.
1: This is hopefully the Olympics will happen this year in 2021. Yeah, uh, and and this is where we see the form. Yeah, uh, and the yeah. Olympics and the Paralympics. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they I they, think, they yeah.
2: showed all the para athletes who are vying for the Olympics. They show they're on track, and they got some. And I've got to say, just a special shout out to their coaching staff. Coaching staff are brilliant. Yeah, I know a few of them, and they're just absolute passion and hardworking. Like like all coaches are, but yeah,
1: really really special group. Absolutely. Uh let's look ahead. Uh this week, uh end of the week, I think we've got Melbourne to one bull. Oh Coming yeah, well up, done. Hundred and twenty-fifth year edition. Uh have you done this race? <laughs> uh, have you? <laughs> I'm not going
2: there, not going there, not <laughs> going there. No, no. no. <laughs>
1: um
2: uh, how hard is this it's, yeah, Because It's 'cause it's
1: labelled as one of the tougher. it's one of the oldest race yeah. in the world. How tough is it's one of the largest. oldest, it's one of the flattest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, but it's full of it's on. a mentally
2: Boom. yeah, it's look, it's
1: changed. Because I was told the last 80K are really the top first of the toughest, but you've got 300 and something before. It's, it's changed from 30 years ago, though. And this sounds crazy,
2: but it's used to. Be, it been up in October until recent years. And as we know, down in Melbourne, well, even in February, you can get some crazy weather. Mm-hmm. So what we used to get back then, or in the 90s, late 90s and early 2000s, you could get some really shocking weather, like sort of cross-head winds. We're talking seven and a half, eight hour race times but in more recent years it's become more of a tar wind and i think it's actually global warming a bit we're getting yeah. more they're getting more of the prevailing sort of cross tail um so who knows what we'll but get it's, it's fast yeah it's pretty quick it's well pretty quick. it's well it's five yeah i mean it's i've fast done for the length <laughs> i raced two yeah one year after the other one year was seven and a half hours the very next year was five and a half hours yeah, okay exactly the same distance exactly the same race route so that's what you can get that's the difference i don't think we're going to have terrible conditions i think they're going to have pretty good conditions on the weekend but a hundred the last hundred k's live streaming on cycling central absolutely i'm excited about that maddie and i are uh, are covering that so that's it's not a first they did cover some last year they streamed i know the last 30 kilometers but the last hundred yeah I'm excited about the sport in Australia that we're starting to cover. Yeah, stuff absolutely. like Nolan and Warnable. Yeah, it absolutely. needs it. It really needs it. Absolutely. So that's great. Any other news? Uh, you know what I just saw as I was coming in today, and I'm excited by this. And how can't you be? We talked about him what last week, the week before, Matthew Vanderpoel. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are putting the team uh, alpecin Phoenix, the whole first week at the Tour de France. That is the whole focus for that team. Yeah. And the whole team will be based around him. It's going to be his first Tour de France. It's the team's first Tour de France. How can you... Guys like him, Wout van Aert, of course, we saw last year. Um, Remco
1: Evenepoel. Yeah. I but can't I, wait to see him yet, back. Yet again, Van Der Poel will tell you, no, the Olympics are uh, in mountain bikes are my, are my target. <laughs> I just can't wait to see
2: him at the Tour going shoulder to shoulder with Van Aert, Sagan. Yeah. It's you be, know, yeah. has Sagan got his work cut out? already Absolutely. I yeah. think he
1: might yeah. might have we may it's see, crazy. A, may see a, a change of the guards there as well yeah
2: um, and in Bessege. yeah Wellens Etoile overall Etoile de besige. Etoile Etoile de Besige Etoile de besige. yeah <laughs> Etoile de Besige um, that's shocking isn't it <laughs> really shocking um, Wellens overall Ghana Philippe Ghana obviously the world TT champ won the TT won the road race won a 1A stage I should say yeah so we saw some snippets of form, Kwiatkowski up there, Clucky very there. early days. Clucky, cl- uh, very early days, but Clucky is racing it. Eh? Yep. New team for Simon Clark too. Um, so yeah, no, I think it was, what was great was that the racing has started. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that gives us confidence that we're going to see the calendar roll out and, and yeah. happen, you know, under strict conditions, of course, and the COVID bubble that the World Tour teams created, but... I think it gives us confidence that we'll get a, a good season of racing underway.
1: Absolutely. And then podcast all along the way. Thank you, Micah. Thank you very this, much. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. All your rides with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now.
0: Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer and your PC, Mac or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on and you're sure to get one back as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.